0: All right, and welcome to episode two of Success in Soccer. Uh, My name is Tom Stackhouse. With us, we also have... Dwayne Dove. Chris Williams. Vernon Dorsey. Vernon's going to be our first guest uh, on the podcast. Vernon is a um, former college coach at the University of Valley Forge and currently the director of coaching at YTP Sports. Um, So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, Start with what happened over the weekend and uh, earlier on on, uh, today for the Champions League. Fellas, talk about uh, the Prem first. Um, Liverpool gets another win. It's over. It's over. I'm calling it right now. Liverpool
1: sitting 49 points. 10 clear of second place Leicester City, who, you know, they're, they're doing well for Leicester, but I, I don't see him catching Liverpool
0: at this point. Um, what do you guys think? Well, you know I'm a Liverpool fan. But um I think we're gonna win it all. I think I, I said this before. If they win, if they win on the twenty sixth away at Leicester, I think it's over, and we can start talking about Boxing Day. Start talking about some some parades through through the red tent part of town. Yeah. We'll um. See. Yeah. Um. Leicester. Used to, we talked. We touched on it. They tied a pretty lowly Norwich team. Um. Disappointing. Honestly, disappointing. Points dropped for sure. In the thick of it. In the thick of it. In the holiday season. You're going to get results like that, but there's a lot of times where you just got to push through. And I don't think Leicester has that top two and a title contender kind of mentality right now, taking a tie against Norwich. You
1: know, if you look at expected goals for and expected goals against, Leicester is overperforming for goals for and underperforming for goals against. So their place in the table right now is a little misleading in that, you know, they're they're overachieving. So I think it'll come full circle as you're starting to see now. Um, you yeah, know, I don't I don't see him maybe finish third or fourth. Um but I see I see the rest of the pack catching up pretty soon.
2: Yeah, but always during the festive season the teams with the most step show the best. Yeah. So although Leicester's high now, playing so many games in such a short period of time is gonna cause them to probably drop off a little bit, drop some points. Liverpool's very, very deep. Um I would also think that Man City would regain some of their footing as well as Chelsea, um, so uh, if Liverpool has a good festive season, uh, I think they can wrap up pretty much the championship. But who comes in second, third, fourth, still up for grabs.
0: Yeah, for sure. If, if City goes in a little bit of a spending spree for January they need, they and get some it. get some defenders, they need it. It could get tight again, but all Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool didn't drop seventeen points all last season. There's no way that gap's going to be really closed. I don't think. No. Not at all. They it's over. it's over. The 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 pessimist in me as a Liverpool fan, and and bad things happening the past I guess three Christmas seasons now, have have been kind of in the back of my mind. But like I said, if we win again, if we win away at Leicester, on on the twenty sixth, it's it's pretty much wrapped up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chelsea disappointing again, uh, as they were looking like they were uh gonna gonna give liverpool a run for their money with a loss this weekend. What do we think about that game, fellas? Uh
1: I mean, Bournemouth as well, right? Um I mean, Bournemouth aren't aren't too high on the table. Um they they've got they were like 14th sitting on 19 points. I mean, that's a game you need to win. Um especially, Good teams find a way to win that game. Yeah, they got it. They got to get a result there. I mean, there's no excuse for that. I mean, they're a young squad, but again, that's they have been there in what sitting fourth at the moment. But they didn't get there by by chance by luck. That got they got there by putting in results and, and getting it done, and they haven't been doing that thus far. Um, so it's yeah d- definitely disappointing to see them drop points in a in a game they should be getting you know three points for.
2: Yeah, but they don't have a
0: consistent attacking influence. Like who is their who is their primary goal scorer? Uh, Tom Tammy Abraham right now. Yeah, but right oh, now. <laughs> right right yeah. now.
2: They don't have that, that focal point talisman in order like to be more consistent in terms of their attacking results.
1: Yeah, Drew's not doing it right. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> Pulisic <Polis> is, <laughs> is, is doing his best for, for a young player again. Um, but I think with their ban being lifted and then being able to actually sign players in the winter transfer market um, could, could come in big for them.
0: So they definitely need some signings in January. One thing I will say in in Chelsea's defense is they're a young squad. So be patient with them for right now. They got young guys like Pulisic, young guys like Mason Mount. Give them the time to get get their feet under them, and and you may be contenders next year and and the following years. I don't know if it's going to make any difference this year.
2: Yeah. And, again, the younger you are, trying to get through that festive season for the first time, even when bust. you're a coach, yeah. it's difficult. But yeah. and as a player, it's even you know you're playing a game every every two to three days. It's very very difficult.
1: Yeah, I mean they'll get Loftus cheek back well as as well from injury. So there's there's some upside to him, um, but again, yeah, they they'll they'll have to just get it together.
0: They'll qualify for Champions League. I think so too. Um, all right, and our last topic on the Prem is the Arsenal City game. Oh. Um, saw saw man city impose on themselves on on arsenal on sunday afternoon kevin de bruyne with two beautiful goals um so not, nothing really to touch on on the man city portion but what's 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 the fix in arsenal any any questions a huge overall i
1: mean from coaching to players to structure i mean they have a director of, of football there as well but he, he seems to be dropping the ball um yeah, they they need a lot of help. It, it's hard to pinpoint one specific thing that is going to be the instant fix for them. It's going to be a collective effort, I think, um, across the board there.
2: Yeah, since they lost Wenger, they've lost their way.
1: Even before right. Wenger.
2: I mean, when wow. was there, at least you knew kind of what the style of play was going to be. Yeah. You knew what he was looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had how he was going to develop his players. Right. They had a way that they followed. When he left, they haven't filled that void yeah. And because of that, they have very, very inconsistent results. Um, Probably will finish actually outside of the Europa League. Uh, this year. I don't see them. Yeah, finish. Yeah, so they won't have any European nights next year.
0: What do players like Mesut Ozil, who've had limited time now, that seem to be getting back into the swing of things with, with new new blood and in management? How do they How do they try and right the ship as veterans on the team? They got to step up. I got to step up to the plate and, and, and
1: be more effective. Meza um, Uzil, for me, is one of the best attacking center midfielders in the world, period. Um, when he gets in between the lines, I feel like, you know, he, he can do damage. But on the, when, without the ball, what is he doing for his team? Besides walking around, putting his hands up in the air, complaining that, you know, the guy didn't get in on the end of a cross or he didn't make the right run or he didn't have options. So that's why he lost the ball. I mean, he's he's a specialty player, um, but you got to have the guys around him to to make it work. Yeah, exactly. So, so Vern, you look visibly upset with Dwayne's answer. What what's
0: the what's the the counterpoint to that? And as it struggles.
2: He's he's talented. Yeah. He's not good. There's a difference. He doesn't put. It's not it in effective. The, it's not effective. I'll take that. Yeah. But he doesn't put in the work when, no. when he doesn't have the ball. Right. Right. And he doesn't. Lead himself to be liked really by his teammates, so therefore they're not willing to work for him yeah. to get him the ball. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, you you compare him to like Lacazette. Lacazette's like a zillion times more effective. Why? Right. Because he, he plays for his teammates and he works. Yeah. He's also talented, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, Ozil he has to be in a system where the system is completely designed for him to him give to him the ball. Yeah. Um, that's why he was effective when he was at Bayern, yeah. right? Because they gave him the ball; they were following it through him, letting him make the decisions. Yeah. You know, but he wasn't winning balls. He wasn't working to get into spaces to get balls. He has to play with players that are good enough to literally get him the ball. And He's work. not going to go find it. Right. Yeah. You know. Um, so I mean, I, like again, to me, I don't think, like in terms of the not finding their way, I don't think Arsenal has. Who's their player leader? They don't have one of the No captains. Field, right? Granit Xhaka, okay. best captain <laughs> the Arsenal's ever had. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't have a player leader, right? They yeah. don't have Tony Adams. They don't have Patrick Vieira. Yeah. They don't have Terry Henry. They don't have all these players, right. right, that are player leaders. Yeah, yeah. And so then it falls on the coach. Well, your interim coach just literally said, we need to hire a full-time coach. Right. So they're in, they're in the weeds. Ancelotti? <laughs> who's, who's, your, who's, your, uh, who's your guy to come in? No, nah, Ancelotti wouldn't work in... He does he doesn't work in, in English soccer. Um I think to me a good choice may be looking in-house to one of your former players. Arteta um at Med City. That that he's a he he's was a, a former front, great he's a at frontrunner. Arsenal. He's a former. Um, he he has he's learned kind of the uh, Johan Cruyff Barcelona way under Pep yeah. uh, In addition to being a Spanish, former Spanish international player yeah. So he's putting in his time on the bench as a coach um, And he has some pride he knows about Arsenal. the club He knows Arsenal Yeah, in he and has out. some pride about the club yeah. So he might be a very good selection yeah. Because right now, they don't have anybody <laughs> the,
1: only, the only thing for that one is Is, is Arteta going to want that team? He just played them on the weekend. Does he look across and say, You know what? I could do something with that player. You see, that's I why I do something with that player. That's
2: why Vanger was was as successful as he was. He understood. Even though Arsenal has a lot of money,
1: yeah.
2: they're not going to spend a lot of money. So he well, was they're not like, going to spend it wisely. No. They're going
1: to seventy million for a striker when they have struggling center backs. Well, well, well but hey, that's easy the- on the center
3: back. <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy, struggle, you struggle. Went, went kind of hard at the back <laughs> They're now. leaking. Strung they're bus.
2: leaking. Yeah. Yeah. Man City and Arsenal, right? <laughs> yeah, January got guys back up. there that can't play. Yeah. Um, but Jeez, yeah, that's Jeez. that's Jeez. the thing, right? Is is <coughs> Arsenal is doing that? Yeah. Right? It's like, okay, right? If Arteta were to come in, the first thing he's got to do is be able to buy players so that he can play, get them to play the way he wants them to play. Right? Boot players. Some out. of the current players could easily fit into a Spanish style yeah. play. Yeah. Um, others, not so much. They've got a
1: lot Ozo of
0: boot players. Out. Ozo's out. If, Ozo's he'd out. be out if he, Where if, does he if, fit if, in anywhere else in, in the major top, top five leagues? Ozo, Yeah. Ozil. He's got to change his, his style. It, it's, nobody wants him. He can't even play to get a game for the national team. Basically, yeah. yeah basically, blacklisted across the board. Yeah. He's
2: not blacklisted. He's because, just, it's just, he's, he was spoiled when he was at Bayern because, basically, it was around. the German national... No, it was basically two-thirds of the German national team. Yeah. They were like, this guy's talented, and they were talented enough to feed him. Yeah. yeah. Right? Um, And then when he moved out of that situation, he struggled initially at Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Then he got better. But now that he doesn't have a coach... Who can understand that, right, we've got to get this in. guy the ball as much as possible because the more he gets it, the better it is for us, Yeah. right? So now he's got to work at it. That's never been his game. Send him to MLS,
1: and we'll, we'll, we'll end that Arsenal debate on
2: Oh, that. God. Send him the MLS. <laughs> yes. MLS, yeah, right.
0: All right, so moving on from the Prem, let's move into the Champions League. and Segment two. And the, yeah. the draws that came out today. Um, real quick, we'll go down the list of the games. Um, the first one, Dortmund versus PSG. Uh, then we have Real Madrid, Man City, Oof. Atalanta versus Valencia, uh, Atletico and Liverpool, Chelsea Bayern, um, Lyon uh, versus Juventus, Tottenham versus Red Bull Leipzig and Napoli Barcelona. So, uh, first thing I want to touch on is who you guys think has the toughest draw. Um, what, what game? What game you think is is going to be a, a pretty big battle and maybe lose? Uh, a big contender right away. Um, D- Dwayne, kick off to you. I have three games that scream out to me. Um,
1: Madrid and City, you know, Pat playing against Madrid. Yeah. Um, again, after, you know, the Barca boy kind of returning back to the old enemy. Um, I think that City is going to have a problem um, defensively. They've They've got to figure something out. Essentially, without Laporte... They're they're losing two positions. So you take your best holding midfielder and you make him a center back. Now you're the guy you slotted in isn't as good, so that position's not as good. And is not a center back. So he's he's never gonna be at the level that he needs to be, especially at the top echelon in the Champions League. Um so for me, I, I think that real if they get get their stuff together and they can get their front three to, to to be a bit more effective, um, can really give City a problem there. But again, whenever you got the Bruyne on the pitch and the form he's in, live Late You've always got a chance. Um, the second game for me is Liverpool Atletico. Liverpool obviously uh, favorites, if not second best favorites to win it again, um, up against Atletico team that's in a bit of a transition. Obviously they've got um, new signing in, um, and the young buck there, but their 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 identity right now is a bit conflicted because they want to try to play. You know, with Al Felix up top with Morata. A bit more attacking possession based game, but that's not their. That's not who they are. So they're trying to figure out how to step away from that defensive shell they've known for the last six or seven years. That's gotten them to the Champions League final, you know, on two occasions. Um, and kind of branch out and be more attractive, I guess you could say. Um, but again, they've got some sorting out there as well. And the final game, Champions League matchup for me again: Tottenham versus RB Leipzig. So. RB looks at sitting top of the table in the German league right now. Um, They're doing well, scoring goals for fun, as is Tottenham. Um, One thing for Tottenham, though, obviously, the big one is Jose Mourinho. Back in the competition, um, he's got a pretty decent squad, though on paper he would say it's a bit better than Man United's. So you would hope the results with it, again, reflect that. Um, He knows the competition. He's won it multiple times, right? uh with different different teams as well so i think it gives tottenham a real shot who made it to the champions league final without him you know with potch so it's not a team who's unfamiliar with the with the competition and i think i think they've got a real shot as
2: well
0: yeah um i'm going to agree with you on on a couple things here i think the man city real madrid draw is is going to be a, a pretty good game it's going to be hopefully an instant classic um real obviously Legendary in the Champions League, um, especially in the past couple of years, um, Man City right now. I just as we were sitting here looked it up. They're um, one of the favorites. They're tied with Liverpool as favorites to to win the entire competition. Um, so never never count them out. Um, second second one on my list again a very tough draw for for my Reds. Um, they got Atletico, um, but as we've seen in past and as we as we've seen as recently as last year they can play with any any of the big dogs in Europe and anything can really happen in Anfield so never 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 slight the reds and uh, they're they're as we just talked about their favorites but that's not slighting atletico they're they're one of the top teams in Europe and i think it's going to be a great couple games there reds take that l <laughs> yeah i don't know man as always we have liverpool haters like every other aspect of life they don't appreciate <laughs> hardworking, great Great teams. No, no, I appreciate it. I just don't like the squad. So. <laughs> um, so we'll switch on to the next. Who do you think here has has the easiest draw out of out of these final sixteen? <sighs> uh easiest
1: draw. I would probably give it to Juve. Uh I mean Leon not to not to knock Leon. I think I think they're a decent squad. Uh I just think Juve's got too much firepower got the best goal scorer in champions league history and cristiano ronaldo um they've got midfield for days although they've got to sort their midfield out i'm not sure sorry knows his best 11 as yet um they're sitting second in the table in their domestic league as well so uh well maybe if inter takes that last dub they'll be sitting in second um so for me i think it's men against boys juve versus leon yeah kind of like the uh the Liverpool
3: game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's the easy matchup there. Yeah, I, Liverpool I, take that loss. <laughs> always
0: haters, man. Always <laughs> haters. I agree with you there. I think UV's got UV's got a a, a, a pretty easy matchup for them. Um, I'm also kind of looking here at the I think Bayern may have a run at run at Chelsea. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the first segment, talking about Prem Premier League games and, and, and teams. Chelsea has been been dropping a bit, and it's 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 in Champions League. It's it's really about experience, and Bayern has all the experience in this one, especially with the the Chelsea young young players. Um, there's there's history between these teams. Chelsea's beaten Bayern, I think, the last time that they met in knockout stages, um, and it it could be a good one. But I'm 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 thinking the 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 experience of Bayern is going to really carry them through that. Mm. Um, yeah, I I would agree with
1: that. I mean Coutinho's on fire at the moment. Muller's getting goals. He's finally finally seeing the field again. Um, you know, they just gotta stay healthy. Gotta stay healthy.
0: Yeah. Um last thing last thing we'll talk about on the Champions League is who do you think who do you think out of some of the bigger bigger hitters needs to have success in this in this tournament? Um we've got Man City and Pep who Really, realistically, that's that's the last thing they need to win. That's really the reason they brought Pep in. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't really performed well. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. He's performed well. He hasn't gotten the job done in, in the Champions League. Um, we also have Barca, who, by all means, need, need, a, need a successful tournament after what happened in Liverpool last year. Heartbreaking for them. I mean, Lionel Messi is on the field in front of the new camp
1: and declares... He's going to bring the uh, Champions League back to, back to Barca and then falters at, at Anfield. I mean, it was a good game. I didn't see that coming from them, um, but that's what the competition's all about, right? That's why we love the game, ma- magic moments like that. Yep. Um, for me, I'm going to have to give it to Barcelona um, because I think Lionel and also Rivera, they both need to win. I think no matter what happens domestically, if Barca does not win Champions League, Valverde's out. Um,
0: so whereas, let's let's go let's go a little bit closer. Who needs it more, Valverde or Pep? Uh, Valverde. Come on, man! Valverde. It's got to be Pep. No, it's got to
1: be Pep because dude.
0: Pep won't get fired for not winning it, whereas Valverde will be out completely if he doesn't win it. With all the money that Pep Guardiola spends. And they're not they're not winning domestically. They, they win may win they may win some some meaningless league cup yeah, trophies. Cup. Uh, but if they're if they're not succeeding domestically in in the EPL, and then they get knocked out either this round or or the next, or, or even before the final, I think Pep's got a lot of problems on his hands. He's got problems, but he spends and spends and spends, <laughs> and there's never there's there's they're never conquering what they want to conquer. There's this little guy He's about 57
1: from Argentina. Um his name's Lionel Messi. If he doesn't win this
0: competition, apart from Valverde, it's a problem for Barca. But listen, last year Messi did everything in his power. That's why he won the Ballon d'Or. It's because he did everything in his power and the no, team that's why. Okay. St- still couldn't get there. They couldn't get there. Um he needs he needs more support. So it's, it's not it's, on Lionel. It is no, it's
1: it begins and ends with the best player in the world. Um, obviously, you've seen in the past that you need more than just one player. But
0: I'm I'm gonna go. My, I'm going Barca. I'm going Barca. Final answer for me is Pep. They need to. They're not gonna. They're not. They're not catching up to Liverpool. They got to do something big in this in this season with all the money they spent in the off season. And it's it's gotta be the pressure's on Pep and Man City. Um, if they don't do well, I think I think. There's questions to be asked about Pep, and I think there's there's not a lot of answers that there. But will he be fired? No. Okay. So, but okay, it's not gonna so sit well. It's not gonna sit well. I'm not gonna sit well. well anyone if they freaking lose. Yeah, but this the the pressure that they now have on them is is gonna just continue to overgrow them, and that team that team's dominance over the past couple of years is gonna look smaller and smaller. I think if they continue to continue to trend the way that they're trending,
1: I don't disagree with you there, but I think. The ramifications for dropping out of Champions League is way, way more for anyone, wearing the ball grana than it is for the citizens. So, for that fact alone, I'm going with Barca.
3: I'd have to concur.
0: Thank you. See, two against one. Yeah, yeah. One's <laughs> go. It's always two against one. All right, and now we're gonna move on to segment three. We're gonna hand it over to Chris, and um, he's gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about our college
3: corner and. Segment three uh, is where we're going to talk about uh, College Corner, a new episode, new series we'll have online uh, where we're just basically bringing you information to all the you youth players out there and, and uh, different ideas and insight from college coaches or any even players that have been through the college recruit, recruiting uh, process. Um, today we have Vernon on. He was former coach of Valley Forge or University of Valley Forge. And um, it's got some insight for for you guys. Um, so, you know, some important things that you need to know um, with the selection process. So, first, we're gonna touch on the academic side. How important that is.
2: Yeah. So, when you're when you initially start your process of looking at college or trying to enter the recruiting process, the first and most important piece is academics. Not from a standpoint of uh, just general stuff, but specifically. Like, are there enough majors at a given school that if you choose not to do what you went in with, you have to change majors, you don't have to change schools, meaning that you don't lose your credits. Um, Academics in terms of total workload. um, Just because schools are at the same (coughs) level division-wise, like two division schools, two division three schools, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that their academic workload is... um, the same. So that's the first thing you want to look at is the academic piece because you as a player or a parent who has a student, you need to know you you have an idea of what their capabilities are. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, some kids get great grades just because they're they're just really really smart and intuitive. Um, some kids get great grades because they just work their tail off. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to match your child up with the academic profile of the schools that they're interested in because ultimately that's what you're going to school for.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a great point. I went to Philadelphia University, and uh, for me, the workload was, was pretty simple, um, being a business ma- major, but that school was a design school. Uh, people went for architecture and different things like that, so the freshmen that were in those majors were struggling. And whereas I was kind of just cruising through. So I think that's a really, really big point and and great you touched on that. Um, So just I know beforehand, offline, you were kind of talking about athletics and, you know, uh, how it sizes up to, you know, what you're looking to do with the school or within the school.
2: Yeah. So in terms of athletics, um, you know, soccer as a sport, a youth sport, you get a lot of kids who invest a lot of time in either getting professional training or training on their own to try to prepare for the college level. And some of those kids become very good players, and they just believe that wherever they go to college, they're going to play. Um, the, the, the issue with that is, one, from an athletic standpoint, you should be checking the roster, right? If I am – I was a striker by trade, and if I'm looking at a school and the school's interested in me, but I see that the top goal scorer who was all-conference last year – was a freshman, that probably is not going to bode well for my time on the field my first year. Um, in addition to athletics, other things you need to look at is, is uh, what is the conference like? How much travel is involved? You know, um, if you're traveling a lot, especially during the week, um, it affects your grades. Yeah. You know, if it affects your grades, then eventually, you know, it can affect your financial aid. Um, It can affect, you know, your status in school in terms of your eligibility. So athletically, I'm looking at schedules, I'm looking at rosters, um, and I'm also looking at (coughs) um, opportunities. (coughs) I'm a believer that every uh, player that's playing consistent youth soccer can play soccer in college, may not play for a scholarship. But it can play soccer in college. <coughs> you so, mean like,
3: on the team, not just like a, like an intramural type thing? No. You mean? I mean,
2: legitimately play. Why do you you feel know, like, you know, like there are different levels. You have NCAA, Division yeah. 1, 2, 3, you have NAIA, um, you have USCAA, you have different levels of play um, that different colleges participate in. Um, and I believe that pretty much anybody who plays. Club soccer all the way through until they graduate can find an appropriate level of play that matches their athletic ability in their soccer
3: town. Got it. Yeah, no. No, that makes sense. Um, so I mean, that kind of ties into with just just like you said. I mean, there's an appropriate place for everybody if they want, but obviously, given the size of a school or location, that might dictate where they go, where they don't go. You yeah. know, where they might have reservations or yeah. you know, so. What's your advice or something I mean, like, you give uh, on that? Yeah, Next I a school of selection, you know of. I think location. that's
2: I think that's the most important part. So, like in other words, um, we're we're in the Philadelphia area, um, you know, and St. Joe's has a Philadelphia mailing address, mm-hmm. right? As does Temple, Drexel, and Penn, mm-hmm. right? Temple, Drexel, and Penn are much more in the center. Of the, or the heart of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. whereas St. Joseph's is a little more on the outskirts of yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, another example of that is Richmond, University of Richmond versus Virginia Commonwealth University. Virginia Commonwealth is dead center in the middle of Richmond. University of Richmond is more on the outskirts of Richmond. So general location, does the city work for you? Does suburbs work for you? Does rural work for you? Um For instance, like uh Messiah College, uh, which is a great soccer institution and a good school um uh, but it's it 's rural there 's mm-hmm. nothing else around their campus. You have yeah. to drive to get somewhere yeah you can 't just walk to get somewhere Got it. um so location is important, and then school size as well um for instance uh you know Penn State University, you know over fifty thousand students you 're just a student you go into your English one o one class and you have over 100 kids in that class.
3: Yeah, it's a number, you, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, whereas if you were, let's say, for instance, were to go to somewhere like Arcadia, mm-hmm. which is a, a Division three school, and you walk into that English 101 class, you're probably talking about 20, maximum 30 mm-hmm. students, which allows, you know, if you need more attention or more assistance mm-hmm. or more direction, the smaller class size allows you to get that. If you can, if you function well in larger environments, you need to know that. So the size of the school um, is important. Um, in addition to, you know, from a location standpoint, you know, where are you traveling to? You know, um, some some people, some players have never really left their home um, for a significant period of time over a significant distance mm-hmm. without their parents. Yeah, and then you know i had a player formerly that 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 i coached on the club level who you know decided that she was going to go to you know Stetson University down in Deland Florida um and everybody was a little concerned because it's not like you can go right around the corner and go back home but she had already been to Europe before mm. as a player and she she'd gone to tournaments in other places without her parents so she kind of was a little prepared for that. Yeah. Right.
3: Um
2: so you again, you have to know yourself, your parent the parents have to know their child, you know, is it a good idea to send somebody 6 hours away who has never really been that far away without one of their parents being with them. So again, location, location, location. Yeah. Um and it's important to look at all these things and we haven't even begun to talk about other stuff but yeah. like this is your preliminary thing to start to narrow down, you know where you're looking. Um,
3: yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I know for me, the reason I chose uh, there's a few reasons I chose uh, Philadelphia <laughs> University. <laughs> we'll touch on those in later episodes. Uh, but you know, one of the reasons I touched the, I, I went there was because I'm 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 big with family. Um, so being close to home for me uh, was a big deal. Just because you know I I wanted to get home and see family and be around family and, you know, stuff like that. So I know Tom went to a rival school for me, Temple, and, uh, I just, uh, a tough time being his friend.
0: <laughs>
3: As do we all. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, I didn't, I've never played Vermont. Where yeah, you went? Vermont, uh, yeah. So, Dwayne and I are cool, but I have to like him, His family. But yeah, so, how? what was your experience? I mean, I know, you know, with, uh, being a temple, obviously that's still Philadelphia versus being a Philadelphia University. I'm kind of like East Falls, the outskirts of Philadelphia. Your school is much bigger. You're on like the main road that's like divides the city. Yeah. So, well, I started. I started my college career at Holy Family
0: University. Played there my freshman year, um, and that was that was kind of the same decision, close to home, right in the Northeast where my entire family grew up, um, and it was it was comfortable. I knew the coaches from playing. They played with my dad. And, and in the area knew them as players, knew them as as, as family friends and it just was, was very comfortable. I was one of those guys that wanted to stay close to home um, um, and then for school reasons transferred to temple better better school for my my education for my mm-hmm. major and all and um, it was it was it was another decision to stay close to home I, I, and Temple temple's a very good school um, and only growing and, and getting bigger and bigger in the city.
3: It's a plug for Temple right there. I'm <laughs> <laughs> getting some go-out, nice baby. baby. Go-out, <laughs> baby. Wow. So you know what? You had a really interesting dynamic at Temple. Was it still... Because I know when we played Temple, I know that they were training at Temple Ambler versus main campus. Yeah. And then they played games uh, in like West Mount Airy or East Oak Lane across the street from... Uh a Walmart that's on the whole you know, another main street, you know, that yeah. divides two town
0: townships. So when I played there, um it was all training all training in the afternoons was at Ambler. We would bust to Ambler. Okay. Um and games were at Ambler as well. Oh um, wow. And we would have sometimes six AM workouts and stuff, we would do it on the football field. Um it's no longer like that. At main campus. At main campus, oh, okay. yeah. It's no longer like that now. They have a beautiful complex down there, strictly for soccer, right off mm-hmm. Broad Street, yeah. and it's it's awesome. The again, the school has really grown and it's it's been getting bigger and bigger. And hopefully, drawing more city talent and, and
3: people from the area. So I think that's something else to know, um, going into a school like back to what what uh, Vernon was saying, because you you go to Temple, but then you're you know on a bus for forty five minutes, depending upon the time of the day. and hour. To go to training and then an hour back so that also could affect like the scholastic side and mm-hmm. yeah. you know yeah just
0: always know always really know what you're getting into um just on a, on a personal note of mine I, I really liked the the team and this and, and the coach at elizabeth town but it was, it was skip he's <laughs> one of the best of all time yeah uh but uh, and I would have loved to play for him, but it was in the middle of nowhere and I felt I felt kinda cut off from a lot of parts of my life. Even even though soccer was is a huge part of my life, it still felt very far away, especially at seventeen, eighteen years old. Yeah. So make sure make sure and you're gonna have to break down some of your some of your own boundaries and, and, and take a leap a good amount of times, but make sure that the initial situation you're comfortable with because it's 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 really important to have a, a good experience and, and continue to do what you like to do.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, but we're. Uh, I guess you. There's times that you could get into school and then really just be like, hey, this isn't for me. Um, or some red flags be, you know. Yeah. Relationships like just different things that might make you think about okay, maybe I picked the wrong thing despite have, doing my due diligence and having as much information as possible about the school, liking the coach initially or the team. You know, it's just not what I thought it was going to be. What's.
2: I mean, obviously, the first red flag that you run into is your interpersonal relationships, right? Um, when you go to college, Division One, Two, Three, II, III, NAI, whatever, the majority of the time that you're there, you're spending that time with your teammates and with your coaches, right? And if you have an issue with your coach, you know, is it something to work out? And if not, do you really want to spend four years dealing with that issue? You know, if you have an, if you have a, issues with your teammates, it's the same thing. Is this something that you're going to spend four years dealing with? So, you know, if if I'm not happy with my coach, it's going to affect me, right? Because that's the person I have to answer to the most. Um, if I'm not happy with my teammates in terms of friendships, relationships, <clears throat> it's going to affect me because it's going to affect how I play on the field, um, which is going to make me unhappy. So... That's your first red flag. Your second red flag would probably be um, recognizing academically that this is not the right fit. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a circle and this school is a square, right? Um, And it could be in terms of, you know, yeah, I'm a worker bee. I work real hard at all my grades, but this workload is beyond what I can keep up with. It may be, I'm not used to working this hard. Mm-hmm. And these people are saying to get through here, yeah. I have to work. Yeah. And I'm not really liking that idea. Yeah. I need a place with a little bit less of an academic stress on me so that I can enjoy my overall college experience. I'm not spending, you know, 20 hours a week in the library and then trying to play soccer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I want to enjoy the overall college experience. So is the academic load a, ma- a, ma- a match for who you are as a person? Um another red flag could be location. Like that's probably the biggest red flag and the easiest one. People get homesick. Just, you know, mm. um Tom talked about Holy Family being close and comfortable, right? And for him, homesick may have been just going down to like somewhere like Newman College in Chester, which is a 45-minute ride, but you know, it's 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 still far. For some people, that makes you homesick. Mm-hmm. You know, um so A lot of people go through homesickness. Can you deal with it and get through it? And if you can't, okay, it's time to find a better solution so that I can be successful in all aspects of my college experience. Mm -hmm. Not just, yeah, I can do the homework. I can do the homework, the classwork, and get good grades. Not just, yeah, okay, I'm having success in soccer. I'm playing well. Our team is winning. Not just that. Um, But also, am I happy? And if I'm not happy... I gotta think about that because yeah. college is not cheap.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You
2: know, and to, to pay for something that's making you miserable doesn't make much logical sense.
3: Yeah, well, you know what, on that, I mean, Dwayne, you went to Vermont, and yep. I know you are huge um, on family. So, what, yeah. you know, did you ever at times feel homesick, or how how did you get by up there? Um, yeah, so
1: for those who don't know, Vermont's a seven and a half seven and a half hour drive from where I'm from in South Jersey,
3: and being yeah. Jamaican yeah than that cold yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it was a struggle um i mean i I chose Vermont, or I would say Vermont chose me um in many different ways in that you know I had a couple of different options um but i looked at the looked at the financial um aspect of all my options as it related to soccer and academics, and Vermont was the best best decision I could have made for myself in that moment um Was I homesick? I had moments, you know. Um, But again, although I'm huge with family, I I like my independence as well. And that was another factor for me that I'm I'm all my own. Like, I can grow and be my own person now. Mm -hmm. Whereas I felt that if I was home, I would still kind of be in that same umbrella That's my, my mom is calling doing me laundry. and she's showing up now <laughs> in between classes and like I didn't want to have any of that I love, I love her to death I love my oh, whole yeah. family to death but I went in my my own space my own time and I think I thought it really gave me a, an opportunity to grow and be my own person um so yeah like like you guys are all saying you got to take a lot
3: of things into consideration and you know do do what's best for you that's awesome. My mom was at my campus all the time. She See? she broke up she broke up a fight during homecoming. <laughs> See, that's
1: my mom too. Our
2: moms are best
3: friends. So all what friends? her mom does, yeah. my mom is doing
2: probably worse.
3: Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. True. So, so I so can that...
2: identify with Dwayne, though. I w- I went to school six hours away. Okay. Yeah. You know, um, on the other side of Pittsburgh. Yeah. We were like two hour two. No, excuse me. We were ten minutes. I was ten minutes from the Ohio border. Okay. And you know, a, a part of that was the independence piece. Yeah. yeah. You know, but the other part of it is like when other when other kids went home for like the extended weekend fall mm-hmm. break. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't going home. Yeah. <laughs> I was staying on, yeah. I was staying on campus. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't bother me. You know, I was like, great, I got my whole I got my dorm room yourself. basically my whole dorm yeah. to myself. <laughs> I can listen to my music as loud as I want. No. I can watch RNs. TV. Yeah. Um, and then I also worked in the uh, kitchen cafeteria so that was great cuz I was working like all the time that, you know, during that small break and had a big check, which yeah. was good. Yeah. Um <laughs> but sure the, but yeah. the other <laughs> side of it was, was like, you know, unless it was a major holiday, in order for me to get home, I would have to either save enough money to buy a train ticket mm. to get home and back. Yeah. Or I'd have to try to find a ride and uh, one of my best friends lived in Lancaster. So I would get a ride to Lancaster yeah. and then you know, my parents would come pick me up, and then we figured it out. If we alternated enough, we could. You know, he would he would ride one time, then I would ride one time, mm-hmm. and basically the parents would have to make about four trips a year to come pick pick us collectively yeah. up. Yeah. Oh wow! Um, so it worked out, um, but again, that's things that I learned by being that far away. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I also learned that I'm I'm never going to go to it's hard when you don't have friend, real tight friends, yeah. And you try to like, okay, I'll just go hang out at such and such's house, and you're not accustomed to that because mm-hmm. you're used to hanging out with your friends yeah. and your family, yeah. And you, and it, that, that sometimes that doesn't work out well. Yeah. So you have to figure out again as a person, yeah. who are you? Do you adapt well to others? Yeah. Right. I adapted well to the situation, not so much to others. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's crazy. I actually, uh, my freshman year, I roomed with one of my best friends at the time, so. For me it was a really easy transition because going into that just like you said i have one person that without a shadow of a doubt i knew i could trust mm-hmm. with pretty much any and everything we roomed together we moved in together um so it was, it was pretty easy but yeah that's pretty interesting you guys said like especially both of you being you know every actually everybody here being really family oriented the fact that you guys went far enough that you still were close relatively close as in it wasn't a flight but it's mm-hmm. far enough that you, yeah. you know, had your own independence
0: mm-hmm. i'll tell you how close i was to family My grandpa showed up one day on campus at Holy Family, asking people if they've seen Tom Stackhouse. (laughs) And luckily, luckily, one was a teammate. He's like, "Yo, Tom, I think your grandpa's looking for you." (laughs) And he he would come, and we'd go over to his. I could walk to his house for dinner. It was (laughs) awesome.
2: Hey, you haven't yeah. been over in a while. <laughs> yeah, okay, what's going on? I'll just
0: go walk over and pick him up from class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's nice. that's how close I was, and mm-hmm. I, that's I like that. I was I was happy with that.
3: Yeah. So hey, uh, real quick, we wrap this up. Two last really quick things. Uh, so I know that I did a lot of this, but I did a lot of community service. Again, uh, long story short, my grades weren't where they should have been, so I had to do a lot of kind of other things to help package my situation to get into a school so you know it's uh how important is that I mean I, for me it was very important but do you guys you know when you were coaching is that something that, that, that weight heavily on candidates
2: no I mean like as a coach when you're recruiting somebody you want to know the whole person right um obviously you get the academic piece mm-hmm. you know I've seen you play okay now what mm-hmm. right and as a coach if I see that you know, when I'm watching you, you you, you know, you, you throw a temper tantrum because you you missed a goal or made a bad pass or whatever. I'm not so sure I want to bring that into my team, mm-hmm. despite the fact that you may be really talented. Yeah, um, if academically you're you you don't necessarily match up to our, our overall school profile, the question is why. Mm-hmm. Um, I have twin girls, yeah, um, the one that has great grades is horrible at standardized tests, and the one who just has good grades does incredibly well at standardized tests mm-hmm. so is that is that situation you just you know on the s a t or a c t you're that's not your strong point right but you got good grades, which means either a you you've worked real hard or you're smart either way yeah. that's good they're good qualities um you know but are you struggling academically because you're lazy
3: mm-hmm.
2: right Um, And then when you talk about leadership, what kind of leadership things have you done, you know? um, Every coach, no matter what division, no matter what level, professional down the youth, is always looking for people who can be leaders and people who will follow a leader well. Mm -hmm. Um, You have some people who have determined that some players determine themselves to be leaders, but nobody follows, so they're not really leaders, yeah, right yeah. you have other kids who have the potential to be leaders, but haven't really been encouraged to do that. so the coaches are looking for people who are who are leaders they're looking for people who uh, care about other people yeah you know um a lot of a lot of the problem in youth soccer is it turns into a very much look at me kind of um atmosphere mm-hmm. right you know um You know, trying to do I'm trying to do 15 scissors before I score a goal because that's going to get everybody's attention, right? But you know, no matter what level you look at, you know the the game is a basic, simple game. You know, when the ball is passed to me, can I receive it? Can I pass? Can I receive it? Can I dribble? Can I receive it? Can I shoot? Right? Very simple decisions. Um, Can you execute those decisions? And the differences between the levels of play from say, for instance, a UC. USCAA to a NAIA to division three, two or one is the speed at which you can execute that decision. Mm -hmm. Right. That that's, that's kind of stuff that coaches are looking for. You know, what are you doing off the bar? Are you encouraging your teammates? Right. You might not be the leader, but you might just, (laughs) some people are just encouragers. You know, it's not me. Um, as a person, but I know people who are just encouragers. Like, all right, we can do this. So, all right, let's go. Oh, Tom, don't worry about it. Great job, whatever. It's not necessarily they're trying to lead Tom. They're just trying to make Tom feel better about himself so he plays better, so that, you know, it affects the team better. Um so they're kinda of like off the off the chart things that you can't really like, okay, right, Chris, you're gonna be an encourager and this is what I need you to do. Chris has to be Chris. Vernon has to be Vernon Tom has to be Tom Dwayne has to be Dwayne you know what do you bring to the table outside of being a smart kid or getting good grades outside of being very athletic and being a good soccer player outside of that what do you bring to the table right you know are you are you independent you know um, those are the kind of things that that coaches look at and when they see those things from a positive side they're like I want this kid. Even though you might not be as good a soccer player as kid B, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I want kid A because kid A long-term is going to benefit my program more because he's a better person, right? Kid A is going to benefit my program more because he will outwork kid B, and eventually he's going to be better, right? These are the kinds of things that coaches look for when they're recruiting. When a coach sends you an email, do you respond or do your parents respond? Red flag: whenever parents are responding, red flag.
3: Because
2: when you get on campus, the coach doesn't really deal with your parents. It's you and the coach. You have to have that relationship,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? And if your mom's calling or your dad's calling, "Hey, my son's been sitting on the bench, he's getting depressed, blah la la," that really goes back to you being immature, because you need to be mature enough to explain, "Coach, I'm struggling, you know, I know I'm not playing well. Whatever can we work out something so I can get myself back right, mm-hmm. or coach, I'm struggling. I need I need help. You know, whatever kind of help it is, whether it's academic help, whether it's you know uh, uh, medical help, whether it's whether it's just you know a plan to follow for the next couple of weeks to kind of get your game back on track. But you've got to be the initiator of that. When coaches see parents are the ones consistently responding, that's like the King Kong size red flag because mm-hmm. that means you're walking into A bad situation. And I'll just kind of finish with this real quick. I had a player, one of the most talented players I've ever coached on the club level, um, ended up going to one of the schools in North Carolina. I won't say exactly which one. uh, On a real full scholarship. That's how good she was. Mm -hmm. Like, she didn't have to pay a penny for anything. Um, Had never been away from her mom. And, uh, you know, when you go to school on a scholarship, it's almost like a job. Like, you, they they check your grades, you got to do reports, you got to do tutoring, you got to do study law. There's a lot of things that are involved with them making sure academically that you're doing what you're supposed to do so that athletically you can perform on the field. Because mm-hmm. if you're ineligible, it doesn't make a difference, you mm-hmm. can't get on the field. Yeah. So, midway through the first semester, um, the coach called her in for a meeting because she had gotten a note from a couple of her professors that she was not going to class. Not that she wasn't doing her work; she just wasn't going to class. So the coach called her in and was like, hey, this is not okay. You know, kind of told her you need to straighten up. You need to get in these classes, get your work done early because uh, the conference that they were playing in, which was the ACC, significant travels involved. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and the fact that they qualified for the NCAAs at that point um, on a consistent basis, that's a much longer travel schedule. So she was trying to make sure she was prepared for that. And so the player went and called her mom and said, you know, coach kind of chewed me out a little bit because, um, you know, my classes aren't going so well. She didn't tell her mom all the details. Mom calls the dean of students. Mm. Dean of students calls the athletic director. Athletic director calls the coach. Needless to say, she was not offered a scholarship the next year. Wow. Right? And that's all because she didn't handle her situation herself her mom got involved and handled it in a way where, as many soccer players as there are, nobody needs to beg anybody to play for them, mm-hmm. right? Especially no matter how like that. Yeah. no no matter how talented you are and you're going to a scholarship school, yeah, yeah, they can find somebody if not like you but close to you that isn't going to cause this much of a problem. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and it, and it was just really unfortunate. She ended up um, coming back home to the to the Philadelphia area. Um, ended up. Taking a semester off, went to a community college, never played soccer again. Mm. And this is a player who missed the national team, she made it to the final cut of the national team. Wow. So it wasn't she like was they good. said, she was the most talented player I've probably ever coached. Yeah. And that's what happened. You know, immaturity and the fact that she's like, oh, I don't got to go to class because they don't make me go to class. Mm. Unlike high school, mm. right? Well, the coach calls her on it. I don't like the fact that the coach called me on it. I tell my mom, my mom will take care of it. Yes, mom took care of it, but it didn't work out. And that's the thing. Like, that's stuff that college coaches, like I said, it's red flags, red flag, red flag. It's important to make sure that you're, you're mature enough to, to take on the different challenges, whether it's location, whether it's academic workload, whether it's the fact that you might walk into a situation and the coach the next year, recruit somebody that plays your same exact position, meaning now you got to fight for playing time. Um, those are the kinds of things that you, you have to be prepared for. And if you can't be prepared for those, it's going to be a tough, tough road to sled in terms of your college experience.
3: No, oh, That's awesome. That's awesome. That's yeah. great insight. A lot Absolutely. of great information in that. So um, I think... Uh with that, we'll, we'll end segment three. What we want you guys to do is if you have any topics you'd like for us to cover, any uh, questions you want answered, feel free to reach out to us and uh, send us a DM, email, whether through the website, ytpsports.com or uh, Instagram or Facebook, Twitter, at YTP Sports is the handle. Uh, and we'll we'll look to try and get those answered or bring someone on and, you know, that can give you a little bit of uh, – information about those topics all
0: right guys that's uh going to conclude episode two of success in soccer i want to thank vernon for coming on and having and some good chats with us about uh, all our topics and i uh, will see you next week for episode three peace later